Welcome to the Harry Potter Virgin, where three Potterheads guide a wizarding world virgin on their first journey from platform nine and three quarters. On this show, our resident muggle Rob will share his experience of reading the original Harry Potter series for the first time in his 30-something years. He'll be helped along the way by three veterans of the Potterverse. This is Series 4, Episode 7, The Rob Wizard Tournament. Today, we will be reviewing Chapters 12 and 13 of Book 4, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. They are the Triwizard Tournament and Mad-Eye Moody. Before Rob joins us, let me bring in my co-host to set the scene. Welcome, Millers. Hello. And Phil. Lavender Brown. She's a lovely girl. A lovely lady. You know how WhatsApp's down? Is it? Yeah. Yeah, WhatsApp's down. Don't... <laughs> She's got no mates. <laughs> you don't try and WhatsApp. <laughs> how long has it been down how are we gonna tell? How are we going to tell Rob when to come on? We were just WhatsApping. Is Instagram down as well? Yeah, and Facebook, yeah. How oh shit, man, because we've got we've it? got some like we've got some outposts that's like stuck in stuck in the Department of the Mysteries. Oh, yeah. You know when, when it's like, oh look, you've got a message, but it won't show you. Yeah, I've got a message. No, you don't. No. <laughs> no one believes you, Phil. It went- <laughs> oh, you know. Right, housekeeping anyone? Yeah, I've got some housekeeping. You know, a few weeks ago, we were talking about, you know, that baby I'm hanging out with? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The one I like to pretend is Voldemort. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like to, like, feed it and pretend that it's, like, the baby Voldemort, the one that has the snake venom. Yeah, yeah. Right, um... That's a bit twisted, Phil, because, like, aren't you breastfeeding? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, we went through this. We definitely went through this. But she has Weird. like top ups of the breast milk in like a Tommy Tippy that I like to pretend is the snake venom. Okay. Um, she has food now. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, what she had? Uh, oh, she had loads, man. She has baby porridge. How old is she, Phil? How big is she? About five months. Oh my god, she's got so old. Yeah, she's only like that big though because she's small, isn't she? She has baby porridge. She has, um, oh my God, she has nut butter. Oh, brilliant. She she, n- she's going to get on with Rob, I can tell. Yeah, Does it go in, in her porridge? Yeah, I like stir it into the baby. She absolutely loves it. Brilliant. She's had avocado. She has banana. Um, she has apple and pear and blueberry. She, she like living the dream. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Has she had any crunchy nut cornflakes yet? Not yet, no. When it's um apple and pear, mm. is that like cooked so it's soft so, or is it crunchy? Um, up until today, I was doing like sticks of it so that she could just suck it because it's nice on like her gums. But um, today, my Sainsbury's shop arrived, shout out to Sainsbury's, and I'd ordered oh. some little pots of like puree of it. So she had some of that then. She said some apple puree, apple sauce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sugar. Is it a jar of Coleman's apple sauce? <laughs> no. I just got the apple sauce. I bet it's way cheaper. Uh, yeah, I think it's got quite a lot of shit in it. Yeah, that's what tastes good. Yeah, so good. So, so good. Right, let's talk about these chapters. Speaking of so, so good, eh? Oh, Smooth little segue. Nice. Well, let's I... talk about these chapters. Um, Millers, you, you seem keen. Get on the front foot. What do you want to say? I think that... Uh, Rob will be annoyed, as am I, when we buy these chapters, by all the little asides to, like, catch people up. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like it's like he might be annoyed, but he needs it. But I just don't like it. It's like done like or it's like trying to do it in like a subtle way. Yeah, I do know what you but mean. But it's like so annoying. I find it really annoying. It doesn't bother me, but I, oh, I see what you really mean. And like, me. it will annoy him, even though he won't remember the the aside. He'll be like, oh yeah, oh that's annoying. I definitely notice it, yeah. When I'm listening along, trying to think of what's like what bit, it's like nails on a black, it's a bit like Ugh, like Ugh. Mm, a little bit, yeah. When I'm trying to think of like what to say or like what what's he gonna think of this, and then something like that pops up, it's like a bit kind of like, yeah, come on, get on with it, get on with it. Um I also think he'll be a little bit just like impatient. I think we're going to be looking at two A's maximum. I reckon we're going to get um, an E for the first one. Try wizard. Yeah. I don't. I really? Do. Yeah, I do. I suppose that is quite exciting. Although he might be annoyed about the, the announcement that there's no Quidditch. Um, yeah, I'm not sure we'll get much positive out of him this week. Should we, should we bring him in? Yeah, let's do it. Hello, Rob. All right, nerds. Welcome Good back. All right. We yeah. always talk over each other at that point. It's always the same. Always the same. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah, we had a week off. Sorry for that, listeners. Um, you doing well, Rob? Yeah, the apology is all mine. It was my fault. Um, I was I was running away to escape to a little little cabin in the woods, showering naked in front of uh, farmers. That was that was what I was up to. It looks like it was a bath rather than a shower. Yeah, both both were external. Um, it was fully al fresco in every aspect. Are these socials, I haven't, I haven't seen anything. I, I'll send you some. I can't send you images now. WhatsApp is down as we record. But yeah, um, no, I saw it on Insta. Yeah, I'll send you some images, not oh. the ones of me in the bath. With uh, Rob naked in the bath. I'd like those. I would like to request the ones in the bath, please. <laughs> I've, I've got like some carefully positioned bubbles. It's one of them kind of things. But um, yeah, I'll send them later. Like a, a, cal- a calendar. Why was, yes. far- Why was it in front of farmers? Because it was just overlooking a big farmer's field. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm basically a nudist now. So they could see you? If they, if they wish to, yeah. We're looking for Rob to give us some uh, hot takes, starting with chapter 12, the Triwizard Tournament. Rob, thoughts? Yeah, do you know what? I don't know if it was I was just in a particularly good mood today, but I um I enjoyed these. I enjoyed okay. this pair. And this one, this one was good. There was a bit of um, you know, it being a bit of recap-ish, but I also laughed a couple of times. So, you know, I enjoyed you it. Laughed. What? Whoa, hold whoa, the phone. Whoa, 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 whoa. You laughed. I did, but not in the way that JK would have intended. No, it was a it big giant guffawing belly laugh. That's what I'm <laughs> not at what was supposed to be funny i think oh okay yeah okay maybe maybe okay well that sounded like a kind of dual hot take so maybe we should just crack straight on um philip who is currently sat in uh total darkness um because she's holding a small voldemort shaped uh item yeah are you capable of doing a walkthrough in the dark yeah i can i've got like um the light on on this now so yeah it might yeah i can do it Okay. Okay. Let's 
<laughs> let's go then. Uh, walk through chapter 30. Uh, sorry, walk through chapter 12, Phil. The tribe is a tournament. Lovely. Let's go for it. So we reached this school. What's the weather doing, Rob? What's happening with the weather? Oh, it's, it's blown a hoolie. Oh, it's a wetty. It's a wetty. Um, the great hall's all set up for the welcome fee. Oh, my God. I've just realised we've got noodles on the top of the kitchen cabinets that I'd forgotten I put there. Super noodles. Why are you fucking telling us this now? <laughs> she was she was like Definitely. flying through the walkthrough then. <laughs> well, I was on Phil, I'm sorry. Please, <laughs> please continue. You're also not using a coaster on that. Get that under there. Yeah, get that yeah. under there. Right, oh. Phil, please carry on. Uh, it's just um, obviously Rob's just arrived at the welcome feast. Are you happy to be back? I am. Do you know? I I, I had a little bit of sort of foreboding of, you know, coming back to school. But, you know, obviously, and, and you know, where school's a bit old and sort of musty and it smells how it used to smell wow. when you were there last year. That kind of vibe. But, you know, I, I was I was I was pleased to be back. Can't believe 13 chapters in and we're only just back to school. Yeah. I'd like Rob to have a like a smell along version of, of Harry Potter. I think he'd really like mm. it. But yeah, definitely. But for him, he would just be get to Hogwarts musty. Whereas I don't think Hogwarts smells musty. It must. It's a castle. No, but yeah. the welcome feast. Not the welcome feast. It's welcome smell feast the feast. smell of rich gravy. It'll smell of Christmas. Yeah. Fucking slave gravy. Oh. Get onto that. Ooh. <laughs> Why not? Um, so Harry's greeted by Colin. What's Colin's news? <laughs> oh, is is even smaller younger brother is there. Another <laughs> Colin <laughs> Like a Russian doll. Yeah. Um, which, <laughs> does i did enjoy this because that you do get this at at secondary school particularly where there's like you know the your mate in your year their younger sibling then joins and they're just like a small version of themselves <laughs> from from the lower years uh so yeah yeah little little collins coming what's little collins name don't george dennis don't remember that I imagined him as, and I don't know if we covered, I can't remember if we covered, covered this with Colin, but the little fella from um, you did. Love Actually. Yeah, yeah, you did say this and yeah, it's yeah, not okay. a bad shout. Oh, it's another, yeah. it's another, another version of that. Harry looks up at the staff t- table and what does he notice? <clears throat> There's a missing um, Defence Against the Dark Arts teacher. Isn't there? Absolutely. Cool. So the first year's yeah. answer, the hat has a song. <laughs> It's a different song, Rob. It is a different song. What do you think? Um, yeah, decent, shorter, shorter than the last one, I think, which is good. <laughs> I um, your reaction to the, the one in Philosopher's Stone where you were like, and it went on to the next page. <laughs> <laughs> I I was sort of saw it and was like, oh no, they're just going to repeat the song, and then yeah, started reading it and was like, actually, now I'm pretty sure this is different. Although you know, I could have just forgotten it, uh, given how many books ago it was. I've got to say as well, this this was one of the points where I laughed was because in the sort of recapping of who's at the top table, we get a description of Snape, who gets an absolutely <laughs> awful write-up from JK, <laughs> which the reason I laughed is because it sounded like one of one of the Insta bios that we did on the last episode. <laughs> uh, what What was it? <laughs> Sallow-faced, greasy-haired, hook-nosed potions master. Yeah, yeah, no, it's bad, isn't it? I mean, that is an awful review. He's not going to get any checks with that, is he? No. Poor old Snape. No one's dropping into his DMs, and that's not because Insta's <laughs> down. <laughs> so, um, Dennis... Oh, yeah, so 
Um, where does Dennis, little Dennis Creepy, get sorted? Oh, so straight straight into Gryffindor. Yeah, boy. Um, yeah, family connection. Love enough. with that. Mm-hmm. But what do we learn? Do all family members always go in the same house? No, not always. So there's a couple of twins that are knocking about in different houses, and it's not, yeah, it's not guaranteed, but it's happened here. Yeah. I know that the Patil twins, they're, they're written as being like South Asian, but I, when I was a child, I, I imagined them as, you know, the, there are twin girls in The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I imagine them looking like that. I know exactly who you mean. Sherry and Terry, that was their names. I love that. So then there's a conversation. Oh, yeah. There's a conversation with nearly headless Nick about Peeves and how Peeves wasn't allowed to the feast. And he says something, doesn't he, that startles Hermione. What, what, what is that? Um, so he's talking about the, uh, the fact that the house elves, there's 100 house elves down there in the basement who are prepping absolutely. the food. Yeah, and absolutely. that are sort of cleaning Hogwarts and stuff that we've not, we've not heard of before. Yeah, how does Hermione respond? Uh, pretty badly, like, you know, they're not getting paid... They're basically slaves. What do you think about it, Rob? You know, I was with Hermione, basically. Yeah. It's pretty rough. And it's the classic thing of, like, everyone saying, oh, you know, that's that's their way of life. That's what they want to do, just to make themselves feel better. Frankly, it's a fucking disgrace. It's a big expose. Yeah, it's bad, isn't it? I don't know how Dumbledore was sleeping at night. Well, speaking of Dumbledore, we have his speech. Mm. It's the usual housekeeping, doesn't it? Much like this podcast. And what's his main news? Oh, yeah. What, what is his main news? His main news is, um, well, he, he, the try was a tournament. Boom. But just as he's about to give the news, what happens? Actually, I thought King could read this bit. At that moment, there was a deafening rumble of thunder and the doors of the Great Hall banged open. A man stood in the doorway, leaning upon a long staff, shrouded in a black travelling cloak. Every head in the great hall swivelled towards the stranger, suddenly brightly illuminated by a fork of lightning that flashed across the ceiling. He lowered his hood, shook out a long mane of grizzled, dark grey hair, then began to walk up towards the teacher's table. A dull clunk echoed through the hall on his every other step. He reached the end of the top table, turned right, and limped heavily towards Dumbledore. Another flash of lightning crossed the ceiling. Hermione gasped. <gasps> the lightning had thrown the man's face into sharp relief, and it was a face unlike any Harry had ever seen. It looked as though it had been carved out of weathered wood by someone who had only the vaguest idea of what human faces were supposed to look like, and was none too skilled with a chisel. Every inch of skin seemed to be scarred. The mouth looked like a diagonal gash and a large chunk of the nose was missing. But it was the man's eyes that made him frightening. One of them was small, dark and beady. The other was large, round as a coin and a vivid electric blue. The blue eye was moving ceaselessly without blinking and was rolling up, down and from side to side quite independently of the normal eye. And then it rolled right over pointing into the back of the man's head so that all they could see was whiteness. The stranger reached to Dumbledore 
He stretched out a hand that was as badly scarred as his face, and Dumbledore shook it, muttering words Harry couldn't hear. He seemed to be making some inquiry of the stranger, who shook his head unsmilingly and replied in an undertone. The only, ma- only man with a worse, worse description than Snape, surely. What an absolute <laughs> hammering. I mean, Although, yeah. W- when he first comes in, I was thinking he was, he was going to be really hot because the sort of the tousled mane of grey hair sounding good sort of shaking off the water as he arrives again sounds good his face sort of chiseled from weathered wood i was like that sounds great as well but then by someone who can't chisel and hasn't seen a face before or something so (laughs) and then he's got half a nose and the fucking massive eye and all that sort of stuff it really falls off a cliff yeah i'll be honest rob were you not buzzing because like the first time I read that, I was literally buzzing. He's he's a good he's a good new character. To be fair, he comes in, he's sniffing the sausage and whatever. Yeah, what else they notice about him? He's drinking from a hip flask, apparently. Yeah, yeah, it's not the sort of safest houses of appointment that we were after. As no. as the, the the replacement teacher, he's he's got this big eye. He's an alcoholic, probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's got a clinky leg, you know. Clunky. Yeah. Oh, clunky and just, clinky. Just to be clear, it's, it's just to be clear, it is a, it's a clunk, not clink. Specifically a clunk. Uh, yeah. A clunky leg, yeah. So yeah, um, uh, looking forward to him. Do you think that um Underwood will have this kind of texture? Oh, I would have thought so, yeah. Wonderful. He doesn't get a very good reception, really. Um, Dumbledore and Hagrid applaud him. Um, and what link does Harry make at this at this point when Dumbledore introduces him? I mean, I thought it was a bit of a harsh reaction, to be fair, because it's not like, you know, we were at school and that fellow walks in with the big, you know, spinning eye when you can understand they're being shocked. Whereas th- they're sitting at tables with a fucking ghost whose head's fallen off and stuff like True. it's not like it's that out of the ordinary it's just been a few tough winters when harry hears that he's professor moody mm. oh yes so he's he's mad eye moody that um that ron's dad went to help when they yeah. was like rushing out of the house that's right yeah the ex aura if you remember yeah old boy from the ministry yeah absolutely yeah, do you think he's got a drink problem then? Yeah, yeah, I reckon so. Yeah, yeah fire on the hip flask. So yeah. finally, Dumbledore gets to introduce the Tri-Wizard Tournament. So what do we learn about this? Yes, yeah, it's an old, old, basically, wizard competition between these three schools. Mm-hmm. Um, each pick a champion, sort of compete against each other. Loads yep. of people died in the past, so they've binned it off, but it's coming back with improved safety measures. Brilliant. So it hasn't been held in over a century. Do you remember the names of the other schools taking part? Um, Beau Baton. Uh, yeah. And uh, German Strong, Liebstrong. Durmstrong. Good, good, good attempt, to Armstrong, be fair. Yeah. Um, wonderful. And do you remember who is going to be selecting the champion for each school? Independent adjudicator. Absolutely. Yeah. Feels yeah. like an inefficient system, really. In that, I don't know. I, I want. I. I think each 
each champ should be selected in their own school competition. Okay. And then only the champs come over rather than the whole school coming over for a year. But, you know, logistics, logistics, isn't it? They've got the space, magic, so... magic something up, yeah. So, <laughs> okay, lovely. And what's the prize? Thousand galleons. Yeah. Um, out of interest, would you enter, Rob? Um, no, I don't think I, I was. I don't think. Don't think so. No. I didn't think you would. What about you two? If I was the right age, yeah, why not? Have a go. Yeah, I would for sure. Yeah. Well, but not if I was not old enough. Yeah, don't fuck about with that. Yeah. Yeah. Rules. But also, like, no, it, but like, it's like they just won't know enough, will they? I'm going for it. Like, whatever the situation, I'm going for it. Tell you that for nothing. <laughs> Rob, you're just going to watch on the sidelines. Yeah. Make a poster, make well, me a banner. Yeah, I'll make you a banner, Phil. You know, yeah. it's more that like I wasn't ever, you've obviously got to be the best of the best at, at it's you your now, school. Rob. It's you now. It doesn't have to be you at school. Oh, yeah, but I still, you know, I wasn't like top of the school in anything, really, so. But it's not, sometimes it's not about that. Isn't it just the best at magic? It's not an academic test. It's all right, we don't have to make you mentor. <laughs> I might enter him for a joke. I'm going to focus on my studies, guys, actually. Oh, for God's sake. Um, so, um, Dumbledore announces, as you said, there are improved safety measures, so there's restrictions. What's the restrictions? You've got to be 17 absolutely or over to enter yeah. because it's you know it's advanced absolutely yeah so Dumbledore dismisses them what's the vibe well everyone, everyone's kind of pretty you know there's a bit of a buzz about it but people are a little bit pissed off that they're not gonna be able to enter because they're too young yeah um yeah what do Fred and George think they're going to try and trick their way in because it's not Dumbledore that chooses so they're going to, they're, they're, you know, tossing around some ideas about what they're going to do to get in. And basically, they all um, head back to their individual dormitories, fantasising about what happens. And then there is what I imagine would be your favourite line of the book so far. Yeah, it's a little, um, there's a, there's a, our first sort of suggestion of, you know, Harry's, he's already, he's already clocked Cho at the, um, at the table, hasn't he, when he, when he, when he sits down for the feast and yeah he's, he's obviously dreaming of how he's gonna compete in the wizard tournament and uh yeah little um the mind wanders to Cho in his dream why are you being all coy about it <laughs> no it's you eh? make your own yeah. minds up right so walkthrough of chapter 13 then let's do this so next morning we're down at breakfast um what what has Hermione decided? Because she was a bit annoyed about the elf situation, wasn't she? Yeah, hasn't she? She she was like not going to eat the food, but now she's she's kind of tucking in. She's decided that's not the best way forward. That's right. Yeah, she's, she's probably sensible. Took, she took a stand at dinner and was like, "Well, I'm not going to eat if it's slave labour mm -hmm. uh, produced." Um, but yeah, she says I've decided there are better ways of making a stand about elf rights. So. They're tucking into their breakfast, they're comparing their timetables, and basically this is our sort of, you know, standard issue, first lessons of the year chapter. So let's go through what they get up to. They start with Herbology, um, with the Hufflepuffs, with Professor Strout, uh, sorry, Professor Sprout, and um, she's teaching them how to collect 
Uh, do you want to pronounce this for us, Rob? What are they collecting uh, in herbology? Yeah, uh, specifically pus from the... Uh, the bubo tuber. The bubo tuber, yeah, the bubo tuber. And um, what do they use this stuff for, Rob? Oh, it's for, for an acne treatment. Yes. Very sort of, you know, tailored little nod from JK there to, to their audience. Yeah, definitely. Spotty um, audience. And what's their next um, next lesson? They have one with Hagrid. Yep. They go straight to Care of Magical Creatures, and this time they're with the Slytherins. And what are we now introduced to uh, in terms of magical creature? Oh, these, these horrible little sort of naked lobsters um, that sound, sound pretty grim. They haven't got a face. They're just bumbling around. Yeah. Which, as we all know, is one of the scariest animal characteristics. <laughs> yes. Not having a face and moving unpredictably. Yeah, just bumbling. Oh, yeah. when they, they don't even know where they're going. Yeah. Yeah. So the blast ended scroots. Um, they're sort of strange, yeah, like naked lobster like creatures. And they um, apparently bite, sting, and propel themselves from blasting uh, at one end. I mean, how do they kind of respond to these creatures? Sort of what's the point in them, really? Hagrid doesn't really know how to look after them. doesn't know what to feed them. Um, And yeah, they're just a bit like, you know, what's the point? Which I think many of us have thought about some some animals. After lunch, um, Hermione dashes away to the library again. Yeah, um, she's off to the library and Harry and Ron uh, trek up to their divination class with uh, Professor Trelawney. How's, how's Trelawney doing? Yeah, she's as ever sort of floating around telling Harry he's going to die soon. Yeah, um, you know, she's got a kind of groupies who, who are yeah. well into it. Um, and yeah, same theme as before. They're just kind of taking the piss out of the lesson a bit. Exactly. Yeah, they're back to this usual uh, kind of scenario where she's telling Harry that, you know, she predicts that whatever he fears is going to happen soon. And Harry sort of mulls the idea over in his head that there's a bit of a um, contradiction here because she seems to apparently be a fraud, but he's also got it in the back of his mind that she obviously made that accurate prediction um, from the end of the last book. Um, and she shows the class how to read the planets, and then she's sort of using Harry as an ex- as an example. But then going back to what I just mentioned about her being a bit of a, a phony, what does she say to Harry about his birthday? Oh, she says she says he, he must have been born in winter, and he's actually born in July. Exactly. Yeah. So Harry's very confused. Also, like he's very famous. Like yeah, yeah, you should know that. that. Just eating a jelly here. We got a jelly. What's your flavour? Mm, strawberry. It's because I had a leftover from school. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you so you did jelly leftover from school <laughs> for like five. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like we made jelly at school today. Oh, you nice. make that one though. That's come out of a packet. No, no, but remember how I couldn't I couldn't find the halal jelly at Sainsbury's. Oh yeah. Well, and this morning I went to the shop. And they did like these like pre one halal ones. Pre- <laughs> we made jelly and they're halal. Anyways, so yeah, Trelawney grows a bit and grows a bit annoyed at them that no one seems to be taking it very seriously, and she assigns them a month's worth of 
personal predictions on the planetary alignment. So we've got some interesting homework coming up there. Any thoughts? Yeah, quite a few, mate, actually, on the fact that we're just going straight in with explicit smart. Like JK's got, got two settings. She's got zero, where it's like 1950s, um, you know, insults and double drat and stuff. Okay. And then she goes straight in with, can I see your arsehole? Like, <laughs> I mean, absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. It's genuinely like sort of quite explicit stuff. Where is this? Sorry, what where do you mean, is, where this? is this? It's the base, it's the main part of the chapter. Ron says, Can I see your anus? Yeah, but that's oh. a joke that everyone makes when you're learning about the planet. <laughs> but I mean, this this is like zero to a hundred. <laughs> Why is he so oh, God. I just I just are surprised, you know. I'm welcoming it, one. but it's just like she's not had any semblance of kind of anything that's vaguely pg and then suddenly we're 18 yeah so yeah yeah she's gone into the can deep I, end i think you're referring to the line can i have a look at uranus too lavender <laughs> i mean said, he knows what he's doing said it's wrong just, <laughs> it's just that we were you know clearing from the other you know earlier in the book i think where it's like <laughs> He, he, he tells him to go somewhere where his mother wouldn't want to hear or something. What? I, oh, yeah. I think you're right. I think Ron clearly is making mm. that joke. Yeah. And it is, it is funny. It is funny. I just, I didn't, it wasn't a part of the chapter I was going to pull out for the purposes of the walkthrough, but I'm really glad Huge. that you enjoyed it. <laughs> really glad that you I was shocked. It. Okay. So. As the students enter the Great Hall for dinner, going down from um, double divination, Malfoy's there, and what's what's he got to say for himself? He's sort of shouting at Ron. What what, what does he want to say? Yeah, his, his kind of Christmases have come earlier because he's got he's got an article from the paper that's basically criticising Ron's dad. Yeah. Um, so it's written by our our friend Rita Skeeter. Yeah, this is pr it's properly like it's clearly an absolute rag. This paper because the journalism is 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 poor. Yeah, to expand on that. Well, like as in she's just writing in a kind of it's a massively sort of opinionated way. Yeah, it's clearly a tabloid. It's um, yeah, it's bullshit. The facts aren't aren't correct as we yeah. know them. That's correct. Yeah, she well she gets his name wrong. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, the the gist of the article is that it's ridiculing Mr. Weasley for for helping Mad Eye Moody um, out with his out out of his tangle with the, the policeman a few days before. And Malfoy then proceeds to um, insult Ron's Ron's parents further. What does he say, Rob? Yes, your mum's fat, basically. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the word he uses is actually porky. <laughs> yeah, um, which you know. Is a funny word. Is funny. Is a funny word though, isn't it? It's a bit mean. It is. It Porky. is mean. Porky Waddler was what I had in my head. Yeah. Which sounds like um a sort of craft ale, I thought. Porky Waddler, yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, but Harry Harry shoots back with his own question about Malfoy's mum, something that we've been talking about before. Yeah, what's wrong with her face? She's got dung under her nose or something. Yeah, basically, he's he's basically um, I think yeah verbatim. Um, like Not the words I would have used in there. Uh, 
year 10 like she's got dung under her nose <laughs> so yeah there's a bit of there's a bit of like your mum going on basically between the kids bit <laughs> which, of classic your mum happening took me back to school definitely <laughs> and what happens next harry harry basically goes to leave and what happens um yeah it's a bit confused here suddenly there's a white ferret knocking about who has come at him from behind and burnt slash bit his ear and okay let's on the let's, floor let's let's read this let's let's read this let's let's read this malfoy's pale face went slightly pink don't you dare insult my mother potter keep your fat mouth shut then said harry turning away bang several people several people screamed harry felt something white hot graze the side of his face right so what do you think's happened there bang it's like the ferrets come from behind him past his face. <laughs> <laughs> Why is the ferret? Why is the ferret? No, no, Rob. Oh, it must be a ferret. Rob, no one's mentioned a ferret yet. Listen to the words. What's happened? They're having a go at each other. Bang. Several people screamed. Harry felt something white hot grace the side of his face. What's but happened? What, then what's the next line though? Because no, 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 no. You don't need the next line to figure out what's happened. Something is it? Is it that the wand? There's been a spell that's flown past his face. Exactly. Who who right. shot the spell? Um, that was Mad Eye Moody. No. Incorrect. No. Okay. Who is? Who, we don't know Mad Eye Moody's here yet. Who was he just arguing with? Malfoy. Malfoy. Okay. We can we can continue. So so. <laughs> So Harry plunged his hand into the, into the robes to get his wand. But before he even yeah. touched it, he heard a second loud bang and a roar which echoed through the entrance hall. Oh, no, you don't, laddie. Harry turns around and he sees Professor Moody coming down the marble staircase and his wand is out and he's pointing the wand at a ferret, a white ferret, which is on the floor exactly where Malfoy had just been standing. So so what's happened there? So, I mean, from this sort of re-walkthrough, what's happened is Malfoy's shot at him and he's missed. Yep. And then he's gone to shoot him again, but Moody has shot Malfoy and turned him into a ferret. That's correct. That is what's happened. And Good. why? And why has Moody done that? Because presumably Malfoy was about to shoot him again. Well, he says, I don't like people who attack when their opponent's back is turned. But why is his back turned? Harry, Harry, turned walked, Harry turned away. He was basically like, yeah, your mum, mic drop, walk off. Oh, I see. So Malfoy has basically gone to attack Harry from behind with his wand, which is, you know, not, not part of the wizarding oh, code. Um, so yeah, Moody comes down and he turns Malfoy into a ferret. For Crab and Goyle, I think this is really quite a funny moment. One of Crab or Goyle sort of goes to sort of um, pick it up. <laughs> Do they? Yeah. Like ferret's crab. getting knocked about, isn't it? No, no, no. <laughs> Moody says, "Did he get you?" His voice was low and gravelly. No, Harry said he missed. Leave it, Moody shouted. <laughs> Leave what? Harry said, bewildered. Not you, him, Moody growled, jerking his thumb over his shoulder at Crab, who had just frozen, about to pick up the white ferret. <laughs> so Crab, Crab's gone to pick up Malfoy. 
But how's Moody seen him, Rob? How's how? Because he's pointing over his shoulder. Oh, he's seen him through his his blue his big blue eye that's yeah. through the back of his head. Yeah, he's using his magical eye to keep his eye on Crab and what he's doing. And then what does Moody do to Malfoy while he's still in ferret form? Knocks him about as a ferret. He's it's like he's, a yo-yo, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like sort of kicking him down the co- corridor, basically. Yeah. Not, with... I don't think so, roared Moody. Pointing his wand at the ferret again, it flew 10 feet into the air, fell with a smack to the floor, and then bounced upward once more. So, yeah, he's really knocking Malfoy about in this... Um, sort of ferrety form any any thoughts on that i will be honest in that when i was reading this i wasn't 100 sure it was malfoy right until okay. the end uh, until it became clear that it was that is a bit mental um but okay <laughs> so so what happened? so he's knocking about this ferret who comes in oh so mcgonagall comes in yeah um, mcgonagall comes in what does she say God, you can't be turning students into ferrets, mate. That's not a punishment we use. Rob, I'm really just, I'm really like, I feel bad that you didn't get this because this is one of my favorite like exchanges. Yeah. When she's very... like, what are you doing? He's like, teaching. And she's yeah. like, what, what the fuck? Is that a, is that a student? Yeah, it sort of dawns on her that he's yeah. abusing a student and he's like, yep. <laughs> Yeah, And obviously she stops him and she says, Moody, we never use transfiguration as a punishment. Surely Professor Dumbledore told you that. And uh, Moody's like, yeah, he might have mentioned it. Moody basically tells Malfoy he's going to be keeping an eye on him. Malfoy's muttering about, you know, my father, this and that, which is obviously what he normally does when he's feeling a bit hard done by. And um, Moody just tells him that, you know, he's not intimidated by either his father or Snape, who is Malfoy's head of house, um, who McGonagall has sort of directed Moody to for for disciplinary purposes. So what impression have you got from Moody so far? I was loving him. I was absolutely loving this guy. He's, he's you know, as the readers, we're loving him because he's, he's finally someone's, you know, giving Malfoy a bit of stick back, basically. And yeah. he, he's like, you know, I fucking know your dad, mate. Don't give me that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's very different to Lupin, isn't he? Because Lupin was a very, like, ultra-professional, always yeah. took the ultra-professional approach, even though we kind of, you, you could feel he had a bit of, like, needle with Snape. Um, he, he was always very, very diplomatic about that kind of thing. Moody's, like, the total opposite, total rogue. We all love a maverick, maverick teacher who, you know, doesn't follow the rules. Absolutely, but then Lupin had the tea and the tea and chocolate, didn't he? So he had that True. going for him. And the beer. And the beer, yeah, he gave him a beer. But then Moody's got the hip flask. Uh, they go into dinner. Ron is trying to not be distracted by by Hermione because he wants to kind of keep the image of Malfoy being tossed around in ferret form in his mind forever. And Hermione goes off again to the library after after dinner any ideas what she's um what she's up to yeah i'm reckoning i'm reckoning it's uh, an elf rights kind of presentation campaign yeah. that's building because didn't she say it's like not not school work or something 
Yeah, she she sort of mentions that it's not homework or anything. She's yeah, she's just and got she's to alluded on. alluded to the fact that you know the start the, the not eating the food isn't the best way to go about it. And what do the Weasley twins say about Moody's teaching style that sort of whets our appetite a little bit? Oh yeah, they're, they're loving it. They're saying that someone else or that they've had a lesson with him or someone else has, and he's he's you know he he's he's actually kind of lived these experiences rather than um who was the fella who was just making it all up yeah lockhart you're thinking yeah. of from from yeah. from chamber of secrets yeah he just made it all up didn't he mm. so yeah we're, we're, we've got this kind of grizzled veteran um and it sounds like the lessons are going to be a lot more exciting and then ron has a little look at his calendar and he's haven't got it for another few days yeah not till Ron's thursday gagging, gagging for it Everyone had, everyone had the super kind of popular teacher that everyone wanted to, to get to yeah. their lesson. And that's the end of the chapter, man. So, I mean, why don't we just crack straight on um, with the ratings for these two chapters? Uh, you got your marking criteria there? I have. I Very have. Very good. So let's start with chapter 12, please. Uh, the Triwizard Tournament. So I've gone for an E. An E for the try was a tournament. Nice. Exceeds yeah. expectations. Very good. And for Mad Eye Moody? It's the same again. It's another E. e, e. I was in buoyant e. mood. I enjoyed the chapters. Brilliant. I was into the story. There was a couple of little nuggets for me to 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 go on in each one. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Good pair. Excellent. Well, I'm really happy with that. Any thoughts on that, guys? I've got a question for Rob. You know, like when you were in school at the beginning of the year and you get your homework diary and you fill out your timetable, did you have days that you were like buzzing for? Oh, yeah, you definitely had, have massive favourites. Um, actually, when I was reading this, I was remembering in my voice was Kingy's voice from when we were at school talking about double maths. Uh, like, <laughs> just, you know the phrase like, double double lessons or double periods like i just yeah. hadn't thought about that for so long we've never <laughs> had double periods no we didn't either didn't you no we had doubles no, all our lessons were an hour long i do remember getting the little sort of ring bound student planner at the start yeah, where you fill in your your timetable main thing is you had to like cover it in stickers and stuff yeah right muggle mail come on let's let's get on with this we're making a right palaver of it tonight Oh, I, oh, Rob, you're going to be so happy. Mm. I've got some muggle mail from Something Sweet Preston. Oh, yes, please. Oh, Something Sweet Preston put up some awesome cakes the other day. I was having a look. So, um, Rob, would you rather have the eat slugs curse on you every time you have to introduce yourself to someone new or have moaning myrtle living in your U-bend looking up at you every time you use the toilet? Oh, I'd go for Moaning Myrtle, I reckon. You dirty... Yeah, I would. You don't want to... Because at least then it's, it's contained, though, as in yeah. like, you, you have it's that moment in private every, and it's awkward. Every time you meet someone, no way. Also, you could, you could you know, strike up a friendship with her. Loves. Any more for Rob from you? So... Um, Is that a new real fan? Yeah. Oh, my God, fan. a new real fan. Miranda from Wisconsin. Miranda from Wisconsin. Did she go what to a, the Ryder Cup? I doubt it. She seems like quite a nice person. She's from Sheboygan. 
Sheboygan. Hey, you know who says Sheboygan? Is uh, John Candy in um, he Home Alone? He does. He does. With some big hits in Sheboygan. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she says, Rob, have you tried pumpkin pasties or butterbeer yet? Uh, hi, Miranda, you, you nerd. Um, no, I haven't tried any of those things. How do I how do I access them? Of course he hasn't. Obviously, when we go to Harry Potter Studios, which oh, we need to book that, yeah, will be happening in February. Then we'll make him try the Buster Bear, even though the Buster Bear there is Don't. rank. Ooh. Well, now you've. Well, I'm not going to have it. Here's his rank. Yeah. Yeah, but Rob has to try it. Yeah, I reckon you could make a really good Buster Bear. You make a good pumpkin pasty. That's what you do. But yeah, but my pumpkin pasties are like not like the. Like genuine pumpkin pasties, but they are really good. I will make you them, Rob. That would be great if you could make me and, and maybe some butterbeer as well. Well, I don't just, know how just, to make butterbeer. Just five bit millers. We're good at these things. Anyway, you will, we will get you to try some of that. You will get you to try all the things at, at the Harry Potter Studios. You're going to, like, you need to save, start saving now. Yes, Benny. Um, do you know how much a chocolate frog is? Oh, yeah. No, I saw some stuff about this. Yeah. Because. Yeah, no, I've I've seen the shop on um, Wizarding yeah. World. It's nine pounds and it's hollow. She also says, "What do you think about house elves at Hogwarts?" Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm as outraged as as Hermione, to be honest. Um, it sounds like you know some of these people are supposed to be good, and it's a good institution. So why is it happening? Mm, so I'm I'm all for her derailing it. And also, do you have a new favourite character yet? I think that means someone other than Fang. Yeah, I don't, but I'm I'm liking the look of um, Mad Eye Moody. I like his I like his vibe that he's come in with. Brilliant. Okay. Well, from Kate. My goodness, it's a bulging bag this evening. Oh, it is. Well, it's because we've not been here for two weeks. Good point. Um, she says, Rob. What from what you've heard so far? What do you think of Beaubaton and Durmstrang? Of these three schools, obviously including Hogwarts, which would you rather attend? Mm, I, I think it's, I've, I mean, I, you know, Hogwarts is the one I know at, at least. I've got more info about it, so I'd go for that so far. I can't really remember the facts about the other two, to be honest. But wasn't the German one was a bit like Slytherin-ish, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, think, it, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't let Muggleborns in. I think but the thing is, like, if you think about the weather... Oh. Yeah, that's true. Off. Yeah, because France. It it rains a lot in Scotland. Mm. It does, but you've almost always got magical protection. Yeah, but it's still they're still always like shivering. But it snows at Christmas. So from the Tower Falls, who is obviously not called the Tower Falls, um, they say if it were up to you, what magical task would you create for the champions? Oh, as in for them to, the finale to compete against each other. Yeah, if you were making up the top, the like, the tournament. Um, to create and make appear a new magical creature. Wow. Never before what seen. This, like transfigure something into a new magical yeah. creature kind of thing. Yeah, coolest one wins. Not so like someone... breathe one. No, if someone knocks up like one of these bald naked lobsters, uh, sorry, not bald, blind, naked lobsters, then you know that uh, obviously wouldn't win if someone else had had magic to hippogriff. Yeah, assuming yeah, those yeah. were all new animals. 
they also want to know um, whether you have any predictions for this book. Um, no, not really. I mean, it's it could be anything. Who do you think will be Hogwarts champion? Well, I mean, obviously, initially, I was thinking it's going to be Harry, but then obviously the age gate comes in. So mm. I don't know who, I don't really know, because I thought the twins were like in the oldest year pretty much now. So I don't know who's in the top year, who's eligible. But they're only a couple of years older. They are in, they're in their sixth year. Sixth year. I suppose and in the next chapter, we hear quite a lot about who's eligible, don't yeah, we? So we that's do. something that's... We did have a more specific piece of muggle mail from Rosie King and she, she, you know, seeing as you've said that you've got no predictions at all, maybe this is a bit of a moot point, but she said, what did you think the three challenges might be? I'm not really sure. Like maybe there's a bit of... Well, there's create your own magical creature as one. Yeah, that's the final. <laughs> yeah, that's Rob's that's one. Final. Maybe there's like one something around the um, boggarts, you know, the sort of, that was a challenge, wasn't it? Okay. And maybe, maybe like there's a bit of, maybe there's a bit of tea leaf reading. Maybe Trelawney's been involved in the, uh, in, the, okay. in the setting of the challenges. Okay. That one sounds breakneck. <laughs> what I'm going to say, what I'm going to say, Rob, is that I think you're thinking a bit, a bit small. No, remember, remember, remember people used to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is the new safe competition. Imagine two people just sitting down, head to head, face off, facing off. With those little sort of, um, you know, the little clocks you have in chess next to you. And they've just got a little cup in front of them, Trelawney pause, and then bang, they're, they're off. Rosie King also says, how would you ensure no underage wizards get their name into the Goblet of Fire? So if you were Dumbledore and you had to come up with some kind of system. Yeah, well, all their ages would be recorded. That's a good part one. Of, part of the records, so... <laughs> We know what year they're in. (laughs) (laughs) So you, so you'd have like a that would require someone to what you know to watch them. Would well, I suppose? I suppose you need to know more about the the entry system. Yeah, how else is this comp happening? But she did have a question, um, which I think was actually our post, but I'm going to make it Muggle Mail because I think it's quite interesting. She said, "Would any of you expect any of your siblings to be in the same house as you were sorted into?" Um, and why, basically, for your answer. So, Rob, remind us what house you're in. I'm in Gryffindor. And yeah, yeah. You've got you've got two siblings, older siblings, haven't you, brother I and have. sister? Yeah, yeah. What, do you do you think they'd be in Gryffindor as well, or would you put them into other houses, knowing what you now know? Um, I can't. Remember. Oh, sorry, guys. And uh, you know the sort of nondescript middle ones. What what are their features again? Hi, Rob. You've just read the song. One of them is really clever, a clever house. Ravenclaw. And what's Hufflepuff? Loyal and hardworking. Yeah, sister in that. Get my sister in that one. Brother in the clever one. He's a Ravenclaw. What about you guys, Bill and Millers? Well, uh, I know that my, one of my sisters is a Hufflepuff and the other one's a Ravenclaw. Yeah. Bill? Which is which? Guess. I put Kate in... Ravenclaw and yeah. Lucy and Hufflepuff. Yeah. Um, I'm uh, Ravenclaw, and there's no way on this planet my sister would be in Ravenclaw. 
get that wrong? It's Kate Hufflepuff. I think I think you've got that the other way around. I think Lucy's Ravenclaw and Kate's Hufflepuff. Ooh. I think my siblings must have houses, but I would, I'm not 100 percent sure what they are. I've got. Yeah, we haven't got all night, Kingy. Yeah, I've got a lot to run yeah. through. Um, I think the only other one who might be in Ravenclaw is Lauren. Yeah, you and Lauren. Think that's funny. <laughs> you're basically because you're basically saying the others are too dumb. Well, no, I just think they fit in other houses. Andy. Well, because you know Ravenclaw are being all about intelligence, but Hermione's not in it, so. Exactly. Other features. I thought this actually when I was reading the book that like, because obviously everyone's politely clapping people into their house. But what if like, you know, some weed like Creevy is coming into your house and you're like, oh, I'm on him. <laughs> so I think, is, is that it for Muggle Mail? I think so. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, it's very annoying, but there have been lots of people saying how much they're loving Underwood. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not enjoying loving it. They, you know, they're doing it very reluctantly. But they do love it. I'm glad. This has proven my point. So, Rob, two chapters for next week. Again, we're going to start with chapter 14, Millers. Mm -hmm. The Unforgivable Curses. Thoughts? Ooh, sounds sounds like, you know, scuff's going to get dark. Something's going to happen. Bit of action. Yeah. Okay. Good. And chapter fifteen. Beau Baton and Durmstrang. Mm. Beau Baton, presumably the arrival of the other schools. Right. I, I reckon. Just as as you want a prediction, by the way, there's going to be some massively sort of stereotyped names of the French and German kids. Do I, you I'm, think? I cannot <laughs> wait. Yeah. What? Have you made up that they're German? Are we told that they're German? No, Rob's decided that they're German. I thought they were German, weren't they? It does sound like a German word, but <laughs> we'll, we'll come. We'll, we'll come to all that. We'll come to all that. Okay. So good luck with them, Rob. Thanks very much, and we'll um, see you next time. All right, nerds. I love bye. you. Bye. 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 He's gone. Thoughts? Buzzing. I'm surprised. He yeah, loved well, it more than ret- you two. What a return! He did. Back with a bang. But he, but I was very disappointed he didn't understand that the ferret was Malfoy because that's like by far the best thing that in these chapters. Again, a relatively simple little set piece there that's played out, I think, quite clearly, and he just he didn't just didn't get it. Didn't quite get it. Doesn't read it carefully enough. Yeah, potentially. Um, Okay, so I've got something to say. Go on then. Um, Colin Creevy. Yeah, CC. Is Muggleborn. Yeah. How common do you think it is that multiple children in a mug from Muggle parents are magical? I don't think it's very common. No, and I neither. wonder if the mother that isn't mentioned is actually a witch. Was maybe a witch and they didn't know. Yeah. Could be. Yeah, because I, you just don't hear about that a lot do you and I imagine that that's probably not that common because mm. I think the idea is that like yeah you do get muggleborns but it's because magic has skipped around and so it's not yeah. super it's not like overly common it's more common that you can kind of trace where the magics come from yeah I can, agree can we talk about the milkman yeah now does he do they ever maybe I'm maybe like this I'm making up this theory on the fly but 
you've got uh, the idea that maybe the mother isn't around. Mm. Is that because of something specific they say? Because I'm imagining that, oh, the dad's the milkman. It's like the milkman isn't around, the dad isn't around, and the dad's a wizard. That's what I'm thinking. So the reason I'm saying it is because Colin seems so eager to talk about him, to tell Harry about himself. Like, and he's so eager and so proud of his brother, and he's he never mentions his mother. And the milkman comment, he says, like, um, my father couldn't believe it when I got my letter. And then he said something like, Dad's a, he, dad's dad's a, milkman. a milkman. I know, I, I think that it's it's probably put in because it's funny. Yeah. Someone's dad's been a milkman. So but ordinary. I don't think that, like, Colin is saying, oh, my dad's a milkman, as in, like, he's not yeah. around. Because Colin, at this point, is 11. Yeah, and he said, Dad's a milkman. He couldn't believe it either. Yeah, if if he makes a comment along the lines of, you know, he knows literally who his dad is, then the a, idea falls down. But it's, it's still a joke fun. from the author to the audience rather than like a joke within. I yeah, I think it's very much about um, the joke is like the the suggestion is more that he's from a really really ordinary family. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can we let's talk about the houses because I was going to bring it up and Miller's you started um, uh, banging on about it there. Um, when, so do you want to keep banging on? Yeah. Um, like when the kid gets sorted into Slytherin, like Fred and George are like properly booing. And yeah. like, remember how like scared, like how he was like, you would be so scared on your first day getting sorted. You don't know how you get sorted and you're 11. You're going to like a new school to live and you just get booed. But I, you get as many boos as you get cheers. Yeah, but you hear the boos louder than the cheers. It's not like the whole table of booing. It's like a couple of no, particularly yeah. overzealous anti-Slytherin like, boys. Don't you remember being a child? It doesn't matter. Like you, like the the boos are like way more hurtful than the cheers are. Like. That will two minutes though, because then we'll get to the Slytherin table and everyone will be really nice to him. And, and everyone's back, like, pat, yeah, patting yeah, him on the back. Like, oh, yeah, and come on, yeah, well done, mate. Pouring well done, him mate. a part of the family. Because basically, the broad kind of question I was going to talk about was the house system like, is it bad? Is it good? Do the positives outweigh the negatives? So, anyone got any I think theories on that? I, I think it's bad. And I think, especially mainly because it's supposedly on like character traits so if it so that gives like it gives people reason to think it's to be really like tribal about it and think oh you're sliving therefore you're actually a bad person as opposed to just rivalry which you're always going to have like you know schools have houses or teams or whatever and like there's rivalry which is I think on competition which is healthy but I think the fact that it's meant to be like done on on your character traits that like are so deep that you don't even know them yourself. Yeah, I, I, I see what you mean there. Like from a very young age, when you you yeah you just don't know yourself very well yet. I think that that's very divisive. Personally, I don't have a problem with it. Reinforce reinforce the problems that the like magical community have. Yeah, it and it, it does do that. 
I think the positives outweigh the negatives. What positives? The fact that they have like camaraderie and I think you can get that if you just had a house that wasn't like, oh, you're in this house because Yeah, just split up into four each year. But uh, I do I do maybe maybe thing is good like it is a thousand year old system yeah i know but, but so it's probably it's time for change it's prob- sometimes it's time for change yeah but i mean i i see what you're saying but how boring would that be oh harry turned up and he got sorted into house a b c or d and they just rolled a dice how boring is that well, I'm not talking about in terms of like a book or a story. I'm just saying like it's not a good system. Like having a having. Well, I think it's a good system. Like here, here's my evidence. When they go to the Yule Ball, there's loads of inter-house like dating going on. That yeah. apart from Quidditch and like a little bit of like aggro between the main characters, there doesn't seem to be all that much kind of inter-house aggro. They do quite a lot of studying together. Um, So I don't really see it as it being this like majorly antagonistic, destructive thing. I think that you need to do it. Um, And, you know, the founders of Hogwarts a thousand years ago had their way of doing it. And that's just the way that it's done. You need to split them up for organizational purposes. Yeah, Yeah, but I think some an institution like Hogwarts has to keep its kind of it has to keep its traditions and its ways of doing things otherwise it all just collapses i completely disagree like you can you can make you can make changes you can always make changes there's no like oh we just have this is the tradition therefore we always we have to keep doing it that's a poor excuse for anything well it depends if you think that it's like that destructive that it needs changing but i don't think it appears to be yeah, but this is a conversation that we will have uh, when we get to the Battle of Hogwarts because this is really looked at around then. Because at the end of the Battle of Hogwarts, there's a comment about how everyone sat around different tables yeah. and stuff. Um, and I do wonder what happens in like the reform of Hogwarts after the Battle of Hogwarts and whether or not there is a change there. Um, we're not going to talk about spew yet, are we? No. No. The spew doesn't exist yet. No, but I think freaking, um, I think Rob's buzzing to join. Oh, He's yeah. He'll, we'll get him a badge. We'll get him a badge. Yeah. Let's just jump to Alpost because I think most of the deep dive stuff this week will actually be coming up in the Alpost because we've got quite a bit. Badge. Okay, well, I'll start with this outpost um, from Rosie King. <laughs> he says, at the beginning of the chapter, Peeves is water bombing the students. <laughs> if you were Peeves, <laughs> if you were Peeves, who would you, cho- <laughs> who would you choose to aim at? Oh, freaking Malfoy, smart, no, like crab or goya. Like oh, and it says, and what would your chosen jinx Pro- be? Probably. Probably Colin Creefy. Colin Creefy. <laughs> it is a bit weird of Peeves to waterbomb them when it's raining so heavily. It's pointless, isn't it? Yeah. Like, who would I really want to get? I would really want to get... Um, you know what? It's a bit mean, but I, f- I would like to get Neville. <laughs> yeah, I almost said Neville. But then Colin's just so small. Oh, you guys are so harsh. So... She also has a, an outpost question about house elves, and we're not going to talk too much about them. 
she had a question about house elves. She says, how is it that Hermione is so shocked about the house elf situation at Hogwarts when she has read Hogwarts history so thoroughly? Is it not included? I wouldn't know because, uh, yeah, I've not read Hogwarts history. But I imagine that kind of thing would be erased from, from the history yeah, she, book. Yeah, she says, and never in however many hundred pages is it mentioned that like they house house elves aren't mentioned in it so we know canon canon is that it's not mentioned yeah. in hogwarts history yeah so yeah that's why she she's said. so shocked yeah but yeah because when they're looking for hogwarts history she says oh perhaps a highly revised or um massively yeah. edited version is what it should be called and yeah. starts right. talking about how house elves have been omitted from it Okay. So we had a bit of an exchange uh, with Kate via WhatsApp, Kate Millington. Yeah, sure. And she said, um, she said, <clears throat> the description and introduction of Moody makes me feel uncomfortable. Feels like a very othering description of disability and disfigurement. Do we really gasp at people's faces? Really? Exclamation mark, question mark. Phil Millers? I think it's one of those things where, like, sometimes you do double take someone because something about their look is shocking, and and I I think it's just like the, the description is the description. That's fine because it is the description. Their response to it is just a bit double takey. It's not that they're not there. Like, oh my gosh, he's a monster. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think that the the reaction to it is largely affected by like the general mood, like the thunder and the general atmosphere. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think even if he'd come in dressed as a clown, but that would have been even creepier. That would have been <laughs> He's one of those characters that I do unfortunately have the um, the film actor in my head. Yeah, and it doesn't match the description at all. Like the yeah. description makes him sound like he doesn't look; he barely looks human. Yeah, true. And that, and that's never really. I can't really imagine because how can you imagine a face that doesn't look human? It's very yeah. difficult to imagine that. Um, well, she added it's obviously deliberately or subconsciously playing on the whole disability disfigurement equals villain trope which is one gross and too old and boring um but i didn't agree with that because no. we already know moody's a good guy at this point we've already been exactly. briefed that he is you know a dark wizard catcher and i think that really this but it's just it's just a, someone to be scared of not necessarily he's introduced as okay. it's a dramatic entrance but i think he's introduced as exactly what rob took it as which is he's a sort of grizzled warrior of yeah. the fight against the dark arts yeah someone to be intimidated by maybe but sometimes an intimidating person isn't necessarily a villain or someone to be suspicious of they could be someone to who is protective 
yeah, I um, agree. of you. And the way that, you know, he sort of goes up to Dumbledore and they shake hands and murmur and then he sort of sniffs a sausage and starts eating it. It's, yeah. You know, it's... What shocked me was that, like, only Dumbledore and Hagrid claps. Like, why didn't the other teachers clap? Especially McGonagall. Like, I just thought that was a bit unrealistic because obviously McGonagall and presumably the other teachers will be aware that he's coming. Exactly. Like, they do know that, that, that there is an appointment that he's coming. And that, like the fact that the children would be taken aback and maybe a bit scared and not know how to react, fine. But like I thought, found it a bit weird. Like basically, it's just rude. The teachers were just rude. Do you think yeah. it could be possible that a few of them do actually sort of disapprove of the appointment because I of his reputation? I think McGonagall would have disapproved of the appointment, a hundred percent. Yeah, I, th- I think so. But, you, but, but, but I don't think rude. that means she wouldn't have clapped. Yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with that. And I always like, think she's that very much like you follow the line. Like, yeah, she's, I don't feel like she's someone who would take a stand in that. Yeah, in that she environment, want him not to feel welcome. But she would have act, said to Dumbledore, "He's not the right man for the job." Quite possibly. Um, what else did we have? Op wise, got. A very long message from Katie Granger, which tragically... You're going to have to beat that. Well, no, Granger's not her surname, which is actually turns out it's good because um, I think we, we we mentioned like her full name on the podcast, which obviously we shouldn't do. Um, but We beeped it. Is that one out yet? Oh, did we? I beeped it, yeah. Okay, anyway, that's... You haven't me. listened. I don't... I'll never listen. Um... You should, they're really good. <laughs> anyway, that's not her real name. Okay, well, go on. Um, yeah, so it's about what we're talking about, clothing. Okay. Um, and repairs and things. She says, my theory is when it comes to repairing clothing, I think you can only work with the material you have and can't add anything new. That's why wizards are dependent on buying new robes, etc. You can't just extend the robes once you grow out of them. I don't think you can create something out of nothing. If you have a hole in the material or any kind of damage, I think you can repair it in the same way as if you're repairing glasses because you're still working with the original material and putting it back to its original state. I agree that you need to have some level of skill, though, and and to to do repair work on clothing due, due to the intricacy of the woven together material. When you were talking about why wizards can't just transfigure any piece of material into, say, dress robes, I think if you transfigure something, it's not actually permanent. When you see the students transfiguring objects or animals in class, I think they eventually go back to their original state. So to sum it up, I think you can only work with the original material you have. If it is possible to transfigure clothing, the transfiguration spell will wear off about what, why transfiguration isn't permanent there has to be intent and it takes a lot of power to change something from one state to another so you would have to be constantly putting energy into it for it to remain transfigured eventually it would have to go back to its original state yeah i agree with that yeah yeah i quite like that yeah i like that i'm not sure about the first thing because i just don't know whether that like whether, whether that matches up with like the rules that we do know like we know you can't make something out of nothing but like there are rules there are like there are like what is it law law. we've got ourselves confused about this in the past though 
like we're not sure what the ex- what what the rule is and what the, what the exceptions are so it's a bit yeah we need to wait till we get to the rules yeah it's confusing but anyway yeah I yeah yeah you, I, I think you can you know it's, it's like you can replicate things and transfigure things but they're not necessarily permanent and it might depend on the power of the wizard and yeah the complex the complexity of the of the spell some outposts yeah. from something sweet preston what? hello Ooh. something sweet preston what? hello <laughs> oh look an owl <laughs> oh she says i found the conversation about muggle-born children who don't attend hogwarts really interesting I think that if the parents weren't going to let them attend Hogwarts once they found out they were magical, then they're probably the type of parents who would have tried to get the child to suppress their accidental, untrained magical outbursts. And therefore, there would be na- there would naturally be a lot of obscurials as a result. Oh, yeah, and true. maybe subsequently, a lot of memory charms on parents who may have lost a child due to an explosive magical outburst like Ariana's. Knowing you're magical and not being able to be taught how to use it would be incredibly difficult to accept. And yeah. I got something else on that from... That's definitely why I think the ministry, as soon as it was rejected, would memory charm them all. Yeah. And then they'd have sense. to like monitor the kid and anything that ever happened with the kid, they'd have to mop up until whatever such age as the magic just like stops working because they haven't developed it the tower fool says i think if a parent refuses to accept their child is a witch or wizard then the school explains how dangerous it dangerous it is and how it could result in the child blowing up their aunt (laughs) or something (laughs) if not trained (laughs) yeah Yeah, definitely good point oh and jamie who's the one who figured out Oh yeah, the average age. Yeah, yeah. He oh yeah. That Hi, Jamie. I love your input. Keep it coming. It's from Australia, <laughs> hey, right? Jamie. G'day. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna. He's got. He's got some outposts that's about the next chapter. So I'll I'll leave that. But okay. He did say that according to Harry Potter fandom, the average lifespan is 137 and three quarter years. Who <laughs> figured that out? <laughs> I've got lots of. Outpost from Miranda, who is our new real fan from Wisconsin. Woo, Miranda, woo, she's a uh, cheese head. Um, That's what they call them, I think. They wear these like cheese hats. Oh, why? I don't know why. Okay, anyway, well, she she's obviously been catching up, so we've got lots of outposts from previous books. Oh, you can get a cheese head bra. Do you want one? No. Oh, really so I don't good, understand. Though. What do you it's mean? It's not a cheese? cheese head. It's a cheese bra. Is that f- to watch the Green Bay Packers? It it might be that, yeah, because Green Bay, yeah. it, it, Green Bay's in Wisconsin, isn't it? Yeah. That's there we go. The only thing I know about Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. Um, how come the classroom with the trap door from book one is never mentioned again? Isn't it a corridor? It's a corridor. Is it a corridor? Well, I suppose you could say it's a classroom. Like it's a it's a door off the corridor. It's a room of some kind. It's a good point. Why is that never mentioned again? I suppose it's because there's no uh, plot requirement for it. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been a wicked callback if in the last book they'd gone down there to get something. Maybe yeah. they do, and we haven't picked up on it. Maybe. 
But also, like, the castle is so big, isn't it? I imagine it's the kind of place where, like, most of it is not being used at any one time. And it also is magical. So, like, that, there's no reason to think that that trapdoor even still exists. Yeah. Yeah, Dumbledore could have just waved his wand and got rid of it or turned it into his red room. You know, it's up to us. What else have we got from Miranda? How does the invisibility cloak stay on Barty Crouch Jr. so well when he is stunned? Um, good question. Well, good question. Hang um, on. I just think they see Winky. Like, maybe his foot was po- poking out or something. Well, I was going to say, it's and dark, And they bring him it? forward, yeah. And then Crouch goes back into the bushes to look. Yeah. So Crouch is going to make sure he's covered. Yeah. Obviously, Amos goes first, doesn't he? And he finds Winky. Yeah, and then um, brings Winky forward. But he just brings... He brings the person he can see, which luckily is. So, yeah, I agree. I think it's very dark. And if he's... If you're not looking for someone else... He already thinks he's found someone, so he's not looking for anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. I also suspect that there's a fair bit of Winky magic going on here because we know that Winky binds Barty to her using her own form of magic. And maybe she's using her own form of magic to keep him you know, constrained yeah. underneath the cloak, potentially. Um, and she is also, you know, her main objective and goal is to protect him and keep him yeah. safe and hidden. So there's every chance that, um, you know, she's she's attached the cloak to him in some way to make sure that he's hidden. Yeah. Did the Death Eaters destroy other Death Eaters' tents or did they all camp together somewhere and avoided their tents? I don't think they'd care if they did destroy each other's tents. I don't think there's as many of them. I no. think I think they could be fairly confident that any tent they were blasting probably was probably there. on the on the you know. But I also imagine that they probably like did camp together. I would agree yeah. that they probably did camp yeah. together and set off from a similar area of the campsite. Mm, I agree. Do you think world Quidditch teams are screened for spells, charms, or potions that would enhance their abilities? <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I definitely think there's like a doping like system. Yeah, there must be. And, or anti-doping mm. system. Yeah. And I reckon the brooms are as well. I reckon you have to like submit your broom. Well, imagine if you had um mm. like Felix Felicis. Well, yeah, we know that's mm. not allowed. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. Um, I guess maybe you test them afterwards. That's what they do, isn't it? They test afterwards. I wonder if they also test for like the muggle doping, uh, because a, a, sne- a really a really sneaky muggle-born uh, Quidditch player might be like, oh, maybe if they're not if they're not testing for like anabolic steroids and they don't know what they are, then maybe I'll just but take them. Help you? Of course it would. Just still a human. Yeah, but you're using your magical abilities more than your physical abilities. Well, we've talked about it before, haven't we? That staying on a broom is probably quite physically demanding. It's like when you watch somebody driving a Formula One car or like those bikes we were watching the other day. And part of you might think like, oh, yeah, it's all it's all driving skill. But also the amount of like physical exertion on the body Mm. to be going that fast for that long around those corners is is like you have to be ridiculously fit to do it as well. I agree, but I think it's like it's magical energy. No, core strength on a broom. I think the magical energy is in the broom. 
I don't I think, think a muggle could. I don't think a, a muggle could just like fly a broom like. Oh, interesting. We have a direct. I think they could. Direct disagreement. No, like I'm not saying they like wouldn't be. It wouldn't be possible for them to like sit on a broom and it fly. But I don't think they'd be able to fly it like a wizard can. I think they could fly it. Um, I don't think they'd be any good at it. And I think they'd they they couldn't say up. And it would fly up. Yeah. But I think I think if they got on one and and yeah, and and kicked so. off, it would go up. I don't think they could fly it properly. Not like a wizard can. So you think it it requires magic from the wizard to make the broom operate? To control the broom well. I think that the broom can fly on its own, but I think to control the broom well, that it takes magical ability. Do you think Filch can fly? He's a squib. No, like not well i think there might be something in that but i think once you're on the broom i think it's mainly physical not magical personally yeah, i don't I think agree. that harry if it, i think it, if it was mainly physical i don't think that harry would be as good at a flyer as he is but he's light he's yeah but it's but we're saying it's not just about being like small he's light that's like makes sense so that's good but he's not there's no reason to think that he's strong he's fearless when it comes to yeah that but that's stuff, not his so. physical ability that's not his strengths i i kind of get what you're saying but i don't like the idea i don't like the idea and i don't think there's anything in the book that suggests that you have to be a better wizard to fly a broomstick better yeah, I agree. It's like saying you're not you're not like magically intelligent enough to play Quidditch. Like, definitely no, not. Think of the, some of the like gargoyle brained. Well, that's how they're portrayed anyway. Some of the like Slytherin team. But what I'm saying, but I'm not saying that like, oh, you have to be like intelligent and like get good grades. Like, this is just a different type of magic. Like, you might be like really good at that type of magic, but like be awful at passing exams. I think I, it's to, mm, go on, Phil. I think it's to do with it, the fact that it's said in the in the first book that Harry is really speedy. He's light, so he's like the right build. He's super speedy yeah. and he's uh, like agile and all of those kinds of things. And he is fearless. So he'll go for things where other people would be more cautious. I think there is a kind of magical skill being used, but I think that's like 10% of it. And like 90% of it is like physical and mental commitment to the sport. I think it's a sport, not a magical skill that's going on there. Yeah. The last question was, is the human birthing process easier for wizards? <laughs> oh I'm gonna God. go with a abstain. I don't know. I, don't know. I haven't I been get... through the human birthing process, at least not from uh, that perspective. Yeah, Phil, I've I've been through the beginning of it. Um, I bet I, it. Mu I mean, it must be, guys. Come on, it's all to do like the they must thing make with, it easier. The thing to do with giving birth is that it's all to do with the drugs. So if they've got better drugs or spells that can do that in a better, more effective way, then yeah, it's easier. Guys, 
point the wand at the woman. Accio baby. <laughs> at the womb. <laughs> Accio baby. Like, I hope it comes out the correct way and doesn't, I, I you know, think, doesn't do an alien. Yeah, I think like the reality of like medical technology now means that I imagine it would be quite similar. It's just a fantastic question. I'm so it's happy such, to have been asked. Well, I think you, yeah, it's a good point, Phil, because I think when you look at the other like examples of technology, when you look at what we've got today and what they had admittedly in what the 90s so like not like the magic might have also advanced mm. but when we compare with what we have today to the magic in the books there are some aspects that you're like mm, email's probably better or like yeah. well you know whatever whatever it is so um yeah definitely because human muggles have gone through an unbelievable technological revolution that, that we are currently living through yeah where there's like exponential improvement in technology at a rate that it was just unimaginable uh 100 years ago yeah and wizards have kept to the same rough technologies and magical processes for like thousands of years and you do learn and i think it is really interesting that we do hear about things like like magical technological advancements for example like um dragon's blood yeah you know like a scientific discovery that has some kind of like uh, technological practical application but i think those are like few and far between in in wizarding yeah. history because they don't have the um the necessity for developing new technologies that muggles have had especially yeah. over the last yeah 150 years um i just found some uh i'll post the muggle mail from lindsey Mill millington what, which I, just right now this happened. right at the bottom of the bag yeah it was it was hiding under some crisp packets um yeah so i will have to obviously leave the muggle mail till next time how come in all her extensive reading her hermione hasn't come across the triwizard tournament if it happened every five years, there must be loads of information about it in the magical history books. She has heard of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, she knows what it is. Yeah. Does she? When yeah. was the last one, though? Didn't it say... Over 100 years ago. Over 100 years ago. So there's not probably many people who were alive who saw the last no. one. There are probably a few, a few, but not that many. Based on the average life expectancy of a wizard <laughs> yeah. there would be a couple yeah anybody uh over, under the age of what you'd have to have been like 30 odd hey, and anyone over the age of 30 dumbledore at the time that it a, happened sorry dumbledore was a champion i'm sure he was yeah he must have been he's not old enough no he's not old enough good point the last one would have taken place when he was no when he was 15 the last one would have taken place when he was 15 so he could have been so he could have so been yeah because there wouldn't have been age restrictions no, no. I don't think he would have done it. Of course he would have. Serious? Yeah, she would have. That Dumbledore would have. I was thinking about this Dumbledore, not that Dumbledore. This is why we need the life and lies. Okay. Um, what else we got? As he has so much trouble keeping defence against a dark arts teacher, why doesn't Dumbledore just take the lessons himself? Uh, because that would curse himself and he'd be out, out in a year. Well, that's what yeah. she then said. 
Like, because she was like, oh, does he think that the curse is actually real? The curse is real. The curse is real. Yeah, he couldn't take it himself. That's why he's like, he could, have but it. he'd only be able to do it for a, for year. a year. Yeah. And I think he'd think, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. He'd be looking for another one. And you're like, I suppose that's like a last resort. I agree with Ruth that it is a magical. Oh, about repairing clothes. I agree with Ruth it is a magical skill that some people are better at than others. I'm sure all wizards and witches, Mrs. Weasley included, could have a go at basic sewing, e.g. replacing a button, but would possibly make a right mess trying to alter clothing. I think it's just like cooking. We are frequently told how good a cook Molly Weasley is, which implies that not all wizards are, and some are just like muggle just like muggles, could barely produce an edible plate of beans on toast. Well, all I can say is just make sure you flub the beans. Yeah, flub your beans. I think that's it. Um, thank you very much for listening to the Harry Potter Virgin. Our theme tune was an original composition by Patrick Steed. It's goodbye from Millers. Goodbye. Goodbye from Phil. Lavender Prime. And goodbye from me. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you.